Hi, I'm Rach. And I'm Tish. Welcome to Blondes, Blondes Out Loud. Happy Wednesday. We are finally home after a long freaking travel week, was it? It was almost two weeks. Yeah. I. Not that I don't like traveling, because I do love traveling, but it gets really exhausting. Also, no offense to our family and friends <laughs> in Wisconsin, but... The last two years because of our, well, not last two years. Yeah. We've two been years. here two years now. Yeah. The last two years because of our engagement and planning our wedding, all of our vacations have been back to Wisconsin. It's horrible. All of that. I can't wait to just like actually not come back to Wisconsin. Yeah. That might sound bad, but honestly, like we're ready to I'm like, so sick of it. Travel abroad. Yeah. And go do fun things and go cool places. I mean, we always go to the same places in Wisconsin every time we go back, so it's nothing new to us. No. And I'm just excited to travel again and not have to say, oh, we can't do that because we have to save for the wedding. Yeah, I know. I mean, I would much rather spend our money, obviously, traveling somewhere cool. Um, And Wisconsin is just not cool. It's not so, yeah, we have to do that two more times this summer. I think it'll be fine, but at the same time, I can't wait to not have to do it again. I know. The drive but itself sucks. July will be okay because we're flying yes. and we're not bringing the dogs. But we're still there. Oh, I'm there. You're for, there for a like, long time. two freaking weeks. But it's our batch party weekend, which will be fun. It'll be exciting, but it's still just I, i'm dreading it like i'm dreading because honestly if you think about it what it's already june like the middle of freaking june and we're not like i feel like it takes a little bit to settle in i feel like i'm gonna settle in back home and then it's like okay back on the road yeah oh. but then then it's august and then we have to drive back to wisconsin yeah but, but then it's for here's the, wedding. the thing though i don't get back until like august 7th and then we literally leave like two weeks later yeah. Not even, maybe. I, I don't know. I You're going to spend more time in Wisconsin than you are in Hartford this Which this is really summer. disgusting, Loki. But last time you have to do that, yeah. then summers are ours. No offense to, like... Seriously, none. Like, I just am so excited to travel again. Me too. Um, yeah. So we're trying to get back into the swing of life now that we're back in Hartford. Um... And we're really tired. Literally, Rach earlier was talking to me and she was like, okay, we need to run through the podcast because, you know, we're recording. And I fell asleep like so quickly on the couch. I'm just exhausted from traveling. I'm pretty sure I asked her to run through it with me and she like fell asleep mid-sentence. I think I might have actually. (laughs) And then she woke up and I'm like, dude. And she's like, what? You weren't talking to me. I'm like... (laughs) I was, and you fell asleep. Like I'm very tired. We got home at twelve thirty. It was more like twelve thirty because we. Oh, I our, guess yeah, yeah. The interstate we take was closed because of a fatal accident, um, and so we had to go some roundabout ways. But we got home at like twelve thirty, and by the time we got everything inside and got into bed, we showered and everything because you know how you just feel gross after traveling. Um, so it was probably like one o'clock by the time we finally got to sleep. Yeah. And I had to wake up and work this morning. 
Oh my god, luckily, when you woke me up this morning, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Luckily, I was working remotely, so it was like, I didn't have to get ready or anything crazy, but I did have a lot to do, so that sucked. But the dog, <laughs> our puppy to be specific, because Demi is an angel, Demi, our nine-year-old, is an angel, but Finny, our puppy, um, he's five months old now, he slept in the car the entire way home. He is... He's an angel when he wants to be. He is so good in the car, and he sl- literally slept, like, the entire 20 hours. Yeah. Um, but then when we got home, obviously, he... <laughs> a different story. ...was a maniac. Yeah. He did not sleep last night. I'm pretty sure he roamed the house and, like, pissed everywhere for, like, <laughs> at least five hours and maybe yeah. slept, like, two. And know. he woke me up so many times barking because yeah. he... he knows how but acts like he doesn't know how to jump up on our bed so he needs help and he'll bark to wake us up to get us to help him on the bed he did that to me probably five times yeah. i could have taken him and gave him so many kisses because i don't harm animals but it was definitely a rough night it was rough yeah and it's fine hopefully tonight we'll be able to get some much needed rest um fingers crossed i don't know we got a crazy boy i I don't know. Yeah. So if we sound a little tired, that is why. But let's get into the podcast. Before we jump into, I guess, what we're going to talk about, I'm just going to send another reminder about, well, I guess it's kind of fitting. Um, I guess this is kind of fitting for the episode this week because this week we are talking about queer representation. Um, So don't forget that we are going to be showcasing representation through our listener stories so you can find the google form on our social media i think it's also in our bio yep oh, like the link is in our bio um we posted it we'll probably be sharing it multiple times throughout the rest of the month so that way we can get all of the stories for june 28th you have like exactly two weeks to is get it? these in yeah yeah which is good yeah um so please share your stories with us if you're willing to we're excited to uh share those on our episode in a couple of weeks and also to like well we said this before but if you are a little shy about submitting something you don't have to tell us your name you don't have to tell us your location you could literally just submit the story and like say nothing about your name we don't care we just want to hear different stories because we we need representation. It matters, clearly. Um, that's what this whole podcast is all about. So I guess now we can jump into the actual episode. I will say um, most of our submissions so far have been from the United States. So if you're listening and you live outside of the United States, we would love to hear some of your stories too. Which we know that there are some people out there of the united states so yes please submit them okay now we can get into the episode okay so today's episode is all about the importance of queer representation and storytelling in more specifically in the media um and film i think we've definitely touched kind of on the importance of representation um a little bit in past podcasts um but it is very important because it helps in so many different ways 
And there's an ongoing need for diversity. Yeah, everywhere. I mean, not just in the media, in our workplaces, um, in literally every part of life. Diversity is so important. And um, I really, truly do believe that diversity helps make every situation more productive and more enjoyable and just creates a better environment for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the very like core of it to me is that basic simple concept of it will improve every aspect of whatever it is that you're doing. Um, But then there's like the obvious reasons of why queer representation specifically is important and needed and how Um, It helps our community, I think, especially in gaining a sense of belonging. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because I think, like we talked about before, growing up, like especially for me, I think for you too, Tish, we didn't see a lot of representation in movies and shows and and music and, um, you know, like Hollywood, um, people, famous people coming out and, you know, being them true selves publicly yeah and so it was really hard for us to understand ourselves when we didn't see people like us around us yep and i mean the more that we see the representation the more it becomes normalized right and that's that's it right there Mm -hmm. you know which obviously and you said this before but it makes you know us feel like we actually belong because we're seeing that and we feel more safe and more comfortable build sense of community um and i also think it's important because there are so many different lived experiences within the queer community like it obviously is not the same for any single person um and so to be able to see all these different stories kind of form and be played out on television or TV show or sorry, in movies or whatever it might be. Um, it just shows those who aren't experiencing it kind of what, what people in our community go through, right? You know, from the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Which I think is really important for someone who you know, isn't a part of the community to see that because maybe they don't understand it, you know, and then they're like, well, why are they fighting? You know, it's kind of like the whole, like, well, why do they need a pride thing? You know, if you see that side of it, then maybe they might be like, oh, I get it now. Might be a little more understanding. Right. And accepting, too. It builds acceptance. Right. Um, But I think the other cool thing about it, too, is like, like I said, it it shows the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, we talk a lot about the bad and the ugly, right? Especially when we're advocating for our community and ourselves and, um, you know, maintaining our rights and all of that. But there is so much good to being a part of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of these shows, um, while they do show the bad and the ugly, they also emphasize the good and how amazing it can feel to be yourself and go through you know what it, whatever your coming out process looks like or whatever your story is like a lot of these shows and movies do a really good job of portraying that yeah and that's another thing that helps people in the lgbtq plus community 
feel that sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, this could be okay for me. Right. Like, there is a way to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool, too. For sure. You know, the one thing, too, with representation, whether it's, you know, in a movie or a show, um, I I guess this kind of goes more so for on screen. Um, But we don't need large roles. It's not like we're asking for an entire TV show or an entire movie to be all specifically entirely LGBTQ+. It doesn't have to be the L word. It doesn't doesn't (laughs) have to be, you know, an all queer cast or whatever. It can just be as simple as literally having one person, whether it's you know, an adult or a child or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be everybody. It could be as simple as just having one person because that one person is going to have a story that needs to be told. And that is the representation right there because someone watching might relate or see that oh, you know, I'm going through something that similar that gives them that sense of belonging, all because it's only one person in the show. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the main storyline either. No. I think a lot of our favorite shows that do a really good job with representation are like side stories, Mm -hmm. almost. Some of them, yeah. And smaller characters in in the shows. Um, Yeah, some of them. Not all of them, but... That's just to Tisha's point that, like, it doesn't have to be an entirely gay show or, you know, like, it doesn't like, have to be labeled entirely around, yeah, whatever that story is. Like, it can just be kind of intertwined into the rest of it because that's how life is, right? Like, Tisha and I, like, yeah, we're, we're getting married, but like, big picture, that's not our entire life. Like, we're not just lesbians you know like yes that's intertwined to our everyday life but bigger picture like it it just kind of shows that like these things are happening around us yeah i guess Mm -hmm. my last point to the importance of queer representation is how it can help especially in today today's world and in our country more specifically um with all of the hate crime and hateful legislation that is being introduced in our government. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we all see what's happening in Florida. Actually, it's happening in so many states right now, but I feel like we hear about Florida a lot right now with all of the legislation that's being introduced and passed there. But like we said before, this representation, Tisha's talked about a little bit ago, helps people not only see you know these stories and and what it's like and how it's actually not so crazy to be who we are um but it helps people understand why it's so important for us to maintain our rights and how it helps them see us as actual people and reminds everyone that we are still just humans right 
you know, we're, we're no different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, we are just all simply trying to be happy and live our best lives. And all of this hateful legislation that's being introduced is trying to take that away from us. So representation right. is so important in reminding those people who are maybe like, yeah, I'm going to go vote for this person who's trying to take away LGBTQ plus rights. Um, maybe they'll think twice about it the more they see representation in the media maybe (laughs) not everybody but that's the hope right yeah i mean it's not going to happen overnight but as we go on like you have to continue to increase you know lgbtq plus stories in shows and um, movies and all of that because over time it's it's gonna help in that case but if you decrease it and you stop the representation, it, things are just going to get worse. Right. Um, so we do want to talk about some of our favorites. Yeah. Um, so like our favorite shows, movies, we don't read a lot, but books, um, music, artists, and just some of our favorite queer people. But I think first, just to kind of segue into this, I wanted to talk very briefly about um, GLAD, which is the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Um, they are a nonprofit nonprofit organization that focuses specifically on LGBTQ advocacy and cultural change, um, and more specifically, media advocacy. And they every year release a well, they release a couple of different studies. They do a lot of research, but one of the studies that they release is Where Are We on TV report. And then the other one that I wanted to mention during this podcast is their studio, uh, GLAD Studio Responsibility Index, which is specific to movies. Um, and I think some of these statistics and numbers are just really telling and really important mm-hmm. to touch on. I won't go too deep into this, but... Um, so the, where are we on TV? Uh, this was the 2022-2023 study that they did, which we'll put this link in the, um, description, the description of this episode. So if you're curious about all these findings, go ahead and take a look. It's actually really interesting stuff. Um, but there were, for the 2022-2023 study, there were 596 regular and recurring LGBTQ plus characters on shows. Um, that is so low. It That seems like a really low number. It I does. agree. Because, I mean, this includes broadcast, streaming, and cable shows. Right. But when you think about how many shows are out there, like, that's kind of insane. That's what I'm saying. But it's, it's low. This also says these were shows that were released in this time period. So I guess I don't know how they categorize it, really. Okay. it's. I guess that makes more sense because, like, if it's a show that's done and not releasing new seasons or a show that hasn't released a new season within that yeah. time period, then it's not I counted. guess I would be curious, like, to hear the other number. Like... Okay, so there were, what, 596 people that were LGBTQ, but how, how many weren't? Was, yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Like, yeah. what's the difference? And it might say, I didn't read the entire study from top to bottom. It might have said in there. I'm not sure. Um, but I do want to break this down a little bit because there's some really important things to note about this, um, where we're kind of 
lacking and things that need I think need to be done better um, but on that that note of the 596 this was actually a decrease from last year oh god yeah so last year there were 637 regular and recurring LGBTQ characters um, so that was a decrease by 6.44 percent which that's so weird though because I feel like like I kind of feel like representation is getting more portrayed but if it's decreasing, well... Right, right. Well, and here's here's the point to that, though. The, the reason for that was because of cancellations Ugh, yeah. of series. Yep. So, so many LGBTQ plus inclusive shows are being canceled. So many. That is the problem. This Over this past year, like, that decrease happened because 54 LGBTQ inclusive shows were canceled. Literally our favorite ones too like all yeah, of our freaking a lot of our ones. favorite ones and it's so frustrating and it's not even that they're doing poor because they're actually thriving yeah they're doing so well and then they just get canceled because the people that are essentially in charge of renewing guess what they're all white males straight that are straight and cis yeah yeah and it's frustrating because like we just talked about how important how important representation is and how we build connections and see ourselves in these characters and how that helps us, you know, learn and grow and become ourselves and be confident Mm -hmm. in ourselves. So, I mean, everybody builds connections with characters on shows and movies, right? Yep. And then for that show to just get canceled after you've built this amazing connection and have fallen in love with a character or a storyline or whatever it may be, but then to be a part of the LGBTQ community and lose that. Which, like, is already so low on representation. Right, right. It's it's awful. So, I mean, that's that's part of the problem right there. Um, So, yeah, there were... I think 140 LGBTQ characters that were lost because of these cancellations. Jesus. So that's a that's a pretty big chunk. I mean, 596 from this year, and and there were 140 lost. Right. Um, so let's hope that doesn't continue into next year. But what I do want to talk about now, um, breaking it down even a little further, is where we're lacking. Um, and I will say that one of the biggest ones is we're lacking in transgender representation. So out of those 596, only 32 of them, only 32 of those LGBTQ plus characters were transgender. That doesn't surprise me. No. And but, that's really sad. But it's a problem. Yeah. Because think of all of the hate that, they that is happening right now yeah. in our and there's in our country. barely any representation for trans people hardly any 16 of them were trans women 11 were trans men and five were trans non-binary this is also seeing a year-to-year decline mm-hmm. so this has been a pretty consistent i don't know what the highest year was but from year to year over the past few years it's been declining and it's down 10 from last year um and I just think we have to do better there. Yeah. I mean, on that same note, I think there's been a lot of talk about um, making sure that the transgender roles are played by actual transgender people. Yeah. And making sure that those experiences are portrayed accurately and and Mm -hmm. appropriately and respectfully. Um, But 
it's just, it's so important, especially right now, there's so much going on um, with all of our trans friends and, and all of the hate that they're seeing and all of the legislation that's coming forward and all of the anti-trans rhetoric that we're seeing in the news. And we need this representation to change that perspective for those people who are being so hateful. Right. Those people who aren't accepting or aren't open to learning are never going to be forced and to learn never, because yeah, a lot of the a lot of representation and shows and everything is forcing these people to open their eyes a little bit. A little, be- yeah, because it's a lot of times it's a show that they've always kind of watched, and then all of a sudden, oh, a, a trans person has been introduced into the storyline, mm-hmm. and this person's like, well, I'm going to keep watching because. I may not like that, but I like this show. But then they get so used to it that then they're like, okay, maybe maybe I misunderstood and now exactly. I understand it and now I, you know, have a exactly. better outlook on on it. You know what right. I mean? It's a way to kind of force them into learning a little and, bit. And I think it also kind of breaks stereotypes also. It because does. there's so many different, you know, stereotypes between everyone in the LGBTQ plus community. So when you do have you know, representation in a show, whether it's someone who's, you know, queer, bi, trans, whatever it is, people see different things that aren't, you know, the stereo, the stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. So, I mean, increasing transgender representation, um, and then LGBTQ plus characters of color is another big one. This report for the year was, um, 48%, which is, it's that's good, um, but that's also a decrease of ten percent since last year. Right. So we're seeing a lot of decreases this year, and I don't know what yeah, what the reasoning so is for that. Um, but we need to continue to increase the representation of our friends of color. Um, and then the other one that um, I feel like is just not talked about enough period in general even like within our own community is queer people with disabilities yeah um because queerness doesn't discriminate yeah any anyone can be queer it doesn't matter if you have a disability or what your race and ethnicity are or you know where you were born or the color of your skin like none of that matters like it doesn't queerness doesn't discriminate Mm -hmm. and so that's one thing that people don't even think about is a disability of any kind. Like you can still be queer. Wow. Imagine that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that I think, I think has definitely increased a little bit, but it's, it's not even near where it should be. I could be completely wrong, but wasn't there like a queer person um, in Glee who was in a wheelchair? I did not watch Glee. So I don't know. Well, I could be wrong. I'm probably making stuff up. It was a really long time ago. But I was I was just trying to think of someone like that I've even seen who had a disability and was queer and I can't really think of anyone. Yeah. Um so those are just a few among many um ways that we can do better in media with LGBTQ plus representation. Um we already see a lot of you know queer women and gay men and all of that 
or I should say, I guess, lesbian relationships, same-sex relationships. Um, and we, all, of course, want that to continue to increase, but we can't let that take away from representation of transgender people and um, queer people with disabilities and, you know, all the other identities that there are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need a representation for all of that. So yeah. it's, it's really, really important. Um, and then just a very brief overview of their, uh, their study that they did for movies, um, over, this was 2022 specifically, um, there was an increase in the total number of films that had LGBTQ characters, but there was a decrease in the total number of, like, the actual total number of characters. So, like, there were more films that had representation but not as many people in those roles if that makes sense um and then back onto the transgender top representation topic um this was the first time in five years that a transgender person was counted in a film in this study so the study doesn't account for every single film that was created it goes based off of like the box office and like the top whatever um but the first time in five years that yeah, a transgender person was in one of these top box office films. Like, yeah. that's just not okay. Right. Um, and then there was also a decrease in queer people of color mm-hmm. in movies, again. Yeah. So, just back to my point, like, it's just so needed. Um, we, yeah, we, we need diversity all across the board. Right. And for these, people of color, for the LGBT community, I mean, really. So, thanks for listening to all of my statistics that I just <laughs> really wanted to throw in there. Again, the links are in, the links to these studies are going to be in our episode description. So, if you want to look into those a little bit deeper, please do. Um, there's a lot of great information in there, really eye-opening information. Rach, the researcher over here. I'm the researcher. I love research, actually. I'm such a nerd. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> but now for the fun part, we get to talk about our favorites. This is fun. This is exciting. And I'm going to let Tish start. Okay. Well, um, let's start with TV shows because I, I love a good TV show. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love movies, but I think for Rachel and I, we like to watch TV shows because we'll, like, we'll start a show and we're on that show for a while, so it's always, like, you know, when Rachel is home and we finally settle down for the night, it's, it's like, let's watch our show. We're not currently watching anything right now. We did hear that there is, what, the queer, like, a queer ultimatum, I believe it is, Yeah. on Netflix, um, which I think we might actually potentially start tonight if we have time. Um, cause I'm actually very curious in it, but anyways, let's start with Tish wants to give me an ultimatum. I don't want to give you an ultimatum, but I'm um, just kidding. We're I, actually getting married, so I don't need an ultimatum. I do want to watch this Imagine show. being on that show. That is going to be drama filled. It's, uh, yeah. I've heard it is. I've always wanted to see a gay bachelorette. Yes. Always. But also that would be like nearly impossible because like there'd be the bachelorette and then all of the contestants, but all the contestants would be dating each other. They would. So it just wouldn't work. But that not that how this is supposed to be? Like, the queer ultimatum? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't the know. idea is different. Like, the queer ultimatum isn't about one person trying to find love. It's about these couples who are given ultimatums, and then eventually they all start dating each other. 
Yeah. To like see if they actually want to move forward with the person they came with. Yeah. So it's a very different concept and it works. Whereas I don't think the bachelorette would work. Anyways. Yeah. We're getting off tangent. Okay. Anyway, it's okay though, because we heard from someone that they like our, they like our podcast longer, you know, for the commutes to work and all that stuff. So maybe we should just keep bantering. Anyway. Maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) Um, I'm going to work our way and kind of save the best for last here. But one show we watched that I actually really liked. I wasn't sure at first how I was going to, like, feel about it. But it is Sex Education. It's on Netflix, I believe. There was actually quite a bit of representation. There were a couple gay men and there was a few lesbians, I believe. Um, It's been so long since we watched that. It has, yes. But it really took a good inclusive approach to actually showing how you know people in the community struggle how they come out how they have to work on self-discovery and acceptance with themselves and it was really cute and it also was like also talking about queer sex which i think like that's huge yeah that's a topic that no one really i mean we love to talk about it but those outside of the community community want nothing to nothing do with, to do with sex. it yeah god forbid you even say the word sex when you're talking about queer people like yeah end of the world but you can right talk there. about straight sex all you want like yeah gross yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't even get me started with but that. i that was a really good show that we um we really really liked yeah and the um the queer representation in that show is not the main plot or no. like main storyline either like it's about otis who he, I don't think in the show, is queer, right? I don't think At he's... All. I think he's got a friend he's, that's queer. Yeah, no, no, I know. But, yeah. like, he's straight. Yeah. Um. So he's the main character, and he's straight... So he like it's not the main storyline at all. It's his best friend who's gay, and yep. then some of the other smaller storylines that intertwine. Yep. Um, Which we talked about earlier. It, it doesn't have to be the large role because even something as simple as just having a few characters it it makes the damn show right it still tells the story and it it gets you invested into that smaller storyline yeah so another show um and i think this is probably a more popular opinion or more more watched i should say more well known um but orange is the new black mm-hmm there is so much diversity. So much in that queerness. Show. So much queerness. And um, there's also transgender representation. Yep. In that show, which is huge. Another little uh, fun fact from my research, which actually I already think I knew this, but I uh, thought it was a good time to insert it while we were talking about um, Orange is the New Black. But obviously Laverne Cox plays Sophia who is a trans woman on Orange is the New Black Um, and Laverne was nominated for an Emmy for this role and was the first trans person to ever be nominated yep which is just amazing you know and I I don't know how many have been um, how many people have been nominated since um but what I love about, you know, TV shows, though, when they play a queer person or a trans person and then they actually are queer or trans, it's just a huge thing. I don't know. Like, I get that, 
you know, not ever, they can't fit those roles. But I think now, like you said, I think they are trying to do that now. But it, I don't know. Like It I means just, so much more. It does. It really does. Like, it means so much more because you, I think when they're not, it's like you put this false reality in your head. And yep. then you find out they're not actually gay or whatever. And it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. And it goes back to building that connection, too. Because yep. not only are you building a connection with who they're playing in the show or the movie, but then you go on to build a connection with the person they actually are. You know, that who they are in real life. Because what they well maybe not to the same exact extent but who they were in the show is actually who they are in real life yeah to an extent you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and that just makes it so much more fun too like it for sure those connections you build and and you i mean i would argue sometimes we get a little obsessed with some of those we definitely do (laughs) um another um tv show that we absolutely loved and this one i think had I think it's two seasons but i think it actually is canceled um after two which is really depressing because this one did really well but this one was on amazon prime it was called the wilds and again i mean i guess this one kind of did they were two main characters but it wasn't the whole storyline um, no it kind of formed it within the show it definitely formed within the show i um I just actually want to jump in quick, and if you haven't seen these shows and you plan on watching them and don't want anything ruined, I would just recommend to skip over our favorites because I feel like we're going to give a lot away. <laughs> we'll try not to. We'll try not to. Okay, um, continue. I think we're doing good so far. Yeah, continue. Um, but, so anyways, the Wilds, there's two characters. Um, we have Shelby and Tony, and I loved their on-screen relationship because... Number one, me, uh, Mia Healy plays um, Shelby, which also I believe she is queer. Yes. Um, anyway, so she and Tony, so Shelby and Tony, one of the one of the cool things about this relationship is that what, Shelby, she really struggled with her sexuality. And I think I love that they showed that part of the representation because she came from a very conservative and religious family and she had so much internalized homophobia which you see all the time um she was in like straight denial she was in straight denial and i loved that i I don't know like i just loved how it like all came together because that is so common yeah and it needs to be represented yeah i mean it was a very accurate representation of how how that happens for a lot of us yeah for sure um, in a, a struggle that so many of us face and continue to face. I mean, even after coming out, I feel like I, I struggled with internalized homophobia for oh, a while. Yeah, you know? definitely. Even sometimes, like, you still do, you know, even after you you come out and, you know, even you can be as loud as you want, but sometimes you hit those small little patches that you kind of have a little bit. Sometimes you just have a bad day <laughs> and you're like why i know why me yeah like it's awful but it's true like i want y'all to know like it's normal to feel that way right like you might have a bad day and feel that way and it's okay like let's normalize that too yeah another one of my favorites was the haunting of bly manor yeah that was a really good one and again it wasn't the main plot no technically no it, it really wasn't i, I mean, mean they were the main characters but it, it wasn't the main plot of the story like their relationship was yeah it just kind of ended up 
intertwining, like looping into the the storyline. Yep. And I think we liked that one a lot too because, well, Tisha more specifically likes like scary movies. Oh, I love horror movies. I don't really, but like this one I got into. I mean, it wasn't like scary, scary, but like the haunting, like it, it, it was, it had some scary parts. Yeah. And so we like, you don't always see LGBTQ representation put into those types of movies either. Right. Or shows. So I thought that was really cool that they did that. Um, and another one of my favorites, and Tisha, I don't know if you've seen this one. I have not. Um, is The Fosters. Um, so what I really like about The Fosters is that a couple of things. Um, first of all, it's portraying a family with two moms. Um, and that's something that, like, you really, as as a lesbian woman marrying another woman, like, you really want to see that because right. that gives you hope for your future. Yeah. You know? Um, but the the two moms in this, um, in this show, um, they didn't actually have any of the children together. Like, okay. one of them was from a divorce and then they were fostering children. Mm-hmm. But it still shows, like, that family dynamic. Okay. And gives you hope that, like, I can have a family someday. And then it just kind of shows you all of the... Um, the different types of stress that come with being a same-sex couple raising a family. Yeah. And all of the hate you get and all of the weird looks and, you know, discrimination. Where's the father? Where's the father? The stupid questions. Yeah. Like, it really portrays that very well. Yeah. And then it, it shows, you know, the struggles that the kids go through, too. Right. The hate that they receive because they have Too gay long. moms. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's such a different lens to look at our community in because you don't always think about our community becoming parents you know like you think about all the things we go through leading up to like us becoming our becoming our true authentic selves but then you don't think about what comes after that and it's right some of us build families yeah not everybody but some of us build families and want to become parents and how do we get to that point and then what does it look like once we have started our family right and how does the hate continue and Mm -hmm. the discrimination continue and i actually just saw a post on instagram um these two moms that i follow they have i think like three or four children now they're beautiful family i love following them um but they made like a tiktok or a reel and they were it was about it was all of the comments that they receive on their posts when they post with their children okay and it's like what you just said, like, where's, where's the dad? The, yeah. Or like those poor children yeah. or that's disgusting or I feel so bad for those kids. And like they just continuously receive hate in their comments because they're two moms raising children. Which honestly, those two moms probably give that those children a much better home. Probably fucking are amazing. They give those kids the best life and the kids look so happy. Yeah. Like, so, so, so happy. Um, anyway, so The Fosters portrays a family with two moms. And um, then there's other little LGBTQ representation stories, whatever, intertwined into that. And another fun fact from my research, <laughs> um, The Fosters has the youngest ever same-sex kiss on TV. And this is actually one of the children that they foster okay so their foster son 
kisses a boy that he likes. Oh. And it shows hit it shows his name's Jude. It shows Jude and his experience. Um, I think he was like thirteen. So going through this process as a thirteen year old and, you know, coming out to his friends and, and his moms, which obviously you think seems a little bit easier and his siblings and all of that and how he navigates that process as a teenager i feel so, like i need to watch this now you do it's it's really good there's and then there's so much more to it and it's like this is very highly lgbtq plus but like there's so much more that goes into this show too like it's just a really really good show um maybe i'll put that on our list i would rewatch even it. though you've already i would seen rewatch it, it. Yeah, yeah i would for sure rewatch it so that's a really good one Another show that we absolutely fell in love with, I believe this one has not been renewed, and I honestly, it's probably canceled, just like every freaking show we fall in love with, um, but this one was also on Netflix. It is called Ratchet, or Ratchet. Oh, I miss that show. Um, this one has the lovely Sarah Paulson and Cynthia Nixon who are both a part of the LGBTQ plus community. So again, just in makes, real life. Yeah. Which makes their on-screen relationship just so much more because they're obviously a part of the community outside of the screen. Um, but again, this was not a show that was strictly about them. Um, and it kind of also had like a horror twist to it too. So I think that's why I also just like kind of loved it so much. Um, a lot of cast from, I think, American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. I don't think they're renewing it for another season. I think it was a one and done thing. I'm pretty sure it's canceled. Yeah. Unfortunately. But it also portrayed like love in an earlier time. Yeah. Too. Yep. Because it was based in. I, I remember what year. I'm going to look that up because I'm so curious. Yeah. I don't remember what year Tisha's. Tisha's on the research. Um, but, like, I think it's so not only interesting, but important to... 1947. There we go, 1947. To show these, how our community still actually did exist. What? Before 2012 or whatever year, like, people start. I don't know what year. It wasn't 2012. It was more like last year, I feel like, that people started talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like... It, it just, it's important to remember, like, the LGBTQ people have always existed. Always. Just in different ways. Yeah. Because it was so, I mean, it's still dangerous to an extent, but it was yeah. so dangerous back then. Which makes me also just, like, want to rewatch this one now, too, because it's, like, I love rewatching and, like, or I love the shows that were about, you know, the community back in, like, the 1940s, which... We will get to about another show, <laughs> and we're waiting. That's going to save the best for last. But I love that representation because it's such a different... It's so different from now because it was yeah. so secretive. Yeah, and it, it makes you just so grateful for, yes. you know, the, the trailblazers that we had before us yeah. who made our relationship possible. And we have come a long way since then. Yeah, so it just makes you really appreciative and opens your eyes to, like holy shit, I'm so lucky to be, like, in this relationship now and not have to hide it, you know, almost 100 years ago. Yeah. Like, well, not almost, it's only 2023, but, like, you feel me. It feels <laughs> it like it's feels 2040 like, yeah, by now. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So yeah, super, super cool. Um, I feel like we can't move on without talking about the L word. That is just like, I feel like the one that comes to most people's minds and we're all going to be disappointed. I'm so embarrassed. Tisha's never seen it. I've never seen it. I'm so embarrassed. never seen it. People are going to come for me. so funny. You should come for me all you want. Um, Yeah, I won't go too in depth about the L word, but obviously it's all about queer relationships. So it is one of those, those shows that is, you know, very centered around that. Um, and tells a lot of different queer stories. Um, I will say I have not watched Generation Q yet. It's on my list, but I think we need to get Tisha to watch the OG first, and then we'll move into that one together. We'll get there. (laughs) Um, Although there are so many seasons of The L Word, I'm pretty sure, so it it might take us a while, but a lot of queer sex in that one, too. So (laughs) let's talk about queer sex. Let's watch The L Word. Um... Yeah. So, are we ready to talk about the best for last of the TV shows? Yeah. I, think um, you I just want to wait. I just want to acknowledge there's so, 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 so many shows out there that we have not seen yet. So many, and this doesn't even cover all of them. This These is, are just our favorites. No, this is like one one hundredth of the actual like queer shows. Someone out there. is listening right now because we probably forgot like a huge one, and they're screaming. Yeah. Why haven't you said it yet? And we might not. We might say it. it might be the general, but I'm sure it's not. No, there's so many that are on my list too that I just haven't gotten to, and so just fully acknowledging that because I don't have enough time in my day, and I really wish I did to just watch a show every single day. But drum roll. Drum roll. Okay, so our. <laughs> Was that a good general? No, that was terrible. That was horrible. Okay, so our favorite. This one also goes. Um, huge shout out to. Uh, I almost said it. Oh my god! Huge shout out to Amazon Prime again. Um, but actually, not a huge shout out because they renewed this for only four episodes. I feel like you need to tell them what it is first. We're we're leading up to it. This one is also going back to the 1940s, specifically 1943. And this, you might know the movie, uh, which is kind of similar, but this is A League of Their Own on Amazon Prime, written by... The TV show. The TV show. Not the movie. Written by Abby Jacobson and Will Graham, who are both a part of the freaking community, and I love that because... Abby Jacobson is, like, my spirit animal. She is so cute. I um, love her so much. And I, I just love that two queer people came together and wrote this. And this is an, this is a queer show, but not only is this a queer show, this is a person of color show. There's so much freaking representation for everything. And queer history, too. And queer history, like, yeah. The way it portrays, like, the hate and the danger that our community face. Like, yes. the speakeasy scene. Is it, is, was it a speakeasy? It's a speakeasy, yep. Um, that scene broke my heart to a million thousand bajillion pieces and i won't give it away because if you haven't seen the show you need to go watch it now like turn our podcast off and never listen to us again until you watch the show um sorry that was really i'm telling you though the cast in that like you got rosie o'donnell you got abby jacobson you got the one and only darcy freaking carden y'all knew that was coming you yeah i mean it's it is such a good show because of how it dates back. 
It also relates to the movie A League of Their Own with, you know, the whole baseball. It's just, they, they, they take a different twist on A League of Their Own by showing the representation. Because, yeah, guess what? They probably were queer back then in the real League of Their Own. Yeah. But it wasn't presented that way. Right, right. And um, I will say, though, actually, it was funny because on our way home from Wisconsin or back to Connecticut from Wisconsin, um, Tisha and I were listening to a podcast that Abby Jacobson was on, and she was talking about how um, she gets a lot of backlash about the show because of how modern it is. Yeah. Like, the language that's used and everything. So, like... It's almost like a modern twist to what happened in the 1940s, in a sense. More so in the way that they speak, not in, like, what actually happened, because it's very representative of what did happen back then. Right. But, like, I think it was more about, like, the words that they use and, like, how they talk. It's like, you wouldn't say something like that in the 1940s. Right. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting take on it that I didn't even cross my mind when I watched it. I think I was too just you know a little bit distracted these are one of the shows that we've become obsessed with the characters um and really but also just the people the actors the actresses they're freaking phenomenal yeah it was really well done um and it's again real real depressing that it it did only get renewed for one more season a second season and it's only four episodes um but unfortunately, that's what happens when the white cis straight man men. makes the decision. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know the full story behind that. Right. But the show deserves so much more. If we could get thirty seasons, that would be great. I'd take them. But especially if Darcy was in every single one. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Abby though, because and Abby, yeah. Abby and Darcy um, together, they're great. Um, it's just yeah just watch it turn this off now don't even finish the remainder of the um podcast go freaking watch that show because i we've already rewatched it a couple times i would rewatch it again maybe that's what we're gonna do after this i'm kidding um but so anyway so yeah these are just a couple of our favorite tv shows that have the representation obviously like we said before there's so many more so many more um but we let's go into um movies um or i guess we can kind of just talk about queer people and <laughs> is that what this podcast I don't, is about i don't know um i'm gonna touch on a few more things before we kind of call it a, a night quits um but obviously we talked about sarah paulson huge queer representation with Holland Taylor. Um, hold on, though. We can't not talk about how obsessed we used to be with Sarah Paulson. Oh, yeah. We still love her to death, but when I, when Tisha and I first met, I first, feel like the first two years of our relationship, we were in love with Sarah Paulson. Who hasn't been, at We least. were in New York City, and... Oh, my God. If, I'd be lying if I told you that we didn't walk around a neighborhood that she has been frequently seen in trying to see if we'd run into her. Like that's how we spent our time. It's so embarrassing to say that out loud. And then we like went and sat, there's a picture of her online of her and in, in Holland where they're in a subway station and you can see the, su- like part 
a partial of what the subway station was behind their heads. I you were telling people this right now. I know, but I'm proud of it, I think. Okay. You could see, like, the partial, because their heads were cutting off what the actual station was. We searched New York City for this station in that exact spot for, like, a whole day. Yeah, but we found it. We found it, and then we took the same picture. We did. Maybe we need to post that. (laughs) I think it's posted somewhere. It definitely was. It's on my Instagram, actually, and I think I take Sarah in it. But, yeah, we're embarrassing and did weird shit like that. We loved Sarah Paulson, and like Rachel said, we still do, but... I just feel like she hasn't been in anything in so long. That, yeah... Like, we haven't seen much of her But also, like, Darcy Carden. Yeah, Tisha started an obsession with Darcy when A League of Their Own came out. And Darcy, if you're listening, don't hate me for this. But at first, I was like, eh, she's all right. I actually loved Abby and Darcy. I couldn't, like, determine which one I loved more. And then it was, like, after, I think it was, like, after the second episode, I was like, I love Darcy. And you, like, just weren't into it. I was like, no, no, I was just like, yeah, she's very attractive, but she's not my type. No, it's definitely Darcy. But then fast forward to now, I've met her a few times, and I I get it now. Yeah. Like, she is a stunning human being. But not only just stunning, but, like, literally the sweetest human being Stunning in meet. every aspect. Yeah. Like, her person, everything. Yeah. And a, an amazing actress. We're getting um, off. We're getting We're off getting track. way off track because we're talking about queer people. And somehow we looped into Darcy. Um, she just plays a queer person in a show. So let's yep. get back to who were we talking about? Sarah. We were talking about Sarah Paulson <laughs> and Holland Taylor and their relationship. Um, you said somebody else, and I interrupted you about. Oh, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, Cynthia Nixon was in Ratchet. Um, she's part of the community too. Um, we obviously mentioned that earlier, but another person who I'm absolutely obsessed with, um, I think they're so freaking hot and we actually saw them at the Thanksgiving play. Oh, they came out of the stage door and I wanted to say hi so freaking bad, but I was scared. Like low key, I was so scared. Um, this is, I'm, and I'm, I don't even know how to like pronounce their last name, but this is Jesse James Keitel, Keitel. I'm not sure how it is. Um, you might recognize them from Big Sky, which I, th- I don't remember. Was that just like on like ABC? I don't remember. I know. I don't think we watched it on like anything. Well, we did watch like it on Hulu after a while. But anyway, I believe they played a trans person on this, on the show mm-hmm. and they are trans, um, in real life. Um, they're a huge advocate for the LGBTQ plus, obviously, especially the trans community and non-binary community. But I think they're so attractive. And I, like, I, I like, literally kicked myself for not saying, like, anything. Because we, Rach and I were, like, looking back. I was like, Rach, look. Like, I, like, nudged, I nudged her. And I was like, look who that is. And we, like, kept, like, looking I back. I think my jaw dropped. Yeah. Beautiful human. Yeah. Beautiful. We were making eye contact. And, like, they totally knew. Like, we knew. And I was just like, we should have said something. But it's all right. We... We didn't. I admired from afar. Um, which you is, just never know, like, if you should approach famous people or not. And I always tend not to. I usually tend not to, too. I think it would just depends on who it is. Um, I guess that's enough queer people. Because we did talk about a lot about queer people. Like, we have Rosie O'Donnell. There's Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, who else? Like, these are just names that are coming out. Like, 
I'm just trying to list random people that I can think of. Um, Portia, obviously. I mean, let's talk about music because yeah. there are so many queer artists. There you go. Um, Renee Rapp. Yeah. We met her in person because she was in Mean Girl on Broadway. Mean Girls? Mean Girl. She... <laughs> I was like, I looked at you as single mean girl. Mean she girl. was in. Mean, she was the mean girl. She was. she was the mean girl on Broadway, but she was in Mean Girls on Broadway. Um, Regina George. Regina George. It it's it closed a while ago. This was like pre-COVID. This is 2019. This was actually right before COVID. We went in December of 2019. Yeah. So then the show closed, obviously, when COVID happened, and it just never came back. So, anyways, like. I think she's talked more openly about being a part of the community more yeah. recently. Um, and now she's releasing albums of music and, like, just living her best life. Like, her music I, is so good, too. So good. And I love to just follow her on, like, Instagram and TikTok and just see how happy she looks. But she also shows, like... The unhappy, know, the unhappy side. The unhappy side of yeah, life. And I like, like that. She shows a little bit of both because it's so common to just see, like, oh, I'm living my best life and that's all I'm going to show you. But she shows both. Right. Um, and another one is Fletcher mm -hmm. living her best life. Yeah, for sure. She's just, like, flashing people's titties on stage. I was just going to say, always, like... I'm like, what? Yeah. Excuse me? Tits what, out. What is happening? Like, making... I think I just saw a video of her making out with somebody. I mean, good for you. On, uh, Good for her. Yeah. She's just killing it. Um, and just also seems like the most wonderful person. Um, two artists that were like, ah, to me, <laughs> when I was coming out, Haley Kiyoko and Kehlani. Okay. And those, like, when I was in that process, like, where I was still closeted, but working on coming out, like, whatever, that was probably, like, five years ago, I listened to their music all the time. See, and that's, like, so all interesting, the time. though, because for me, I never listened to queer people, which maybe would have helped, but I listened to the damn country, Carrie Underwood, but honestly, I'm going to continue to listen to Carrie Underwood even, even now, but I didn't have... You know, I didn't listen to Haley. I didn't listen to Kalani. Or is it and, Kalani or Kalani? Uh, I think it's Kalani. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's funny you say that though because I definitely used to and still I used to listen to country music all the time. I still listen to some of it, but when I learned who Haley Kyoko and Kalani were. Sorry, I'm gonna give a shout out to my ex right now. My ex hated country music okay. she would not listen to yeah. it and she would like call me out for it. she's like it's literally men it like, is bad. degrading women it is so bad or when sexualizing you... yeah. women it's or so like bad. portraying relationships in an awful way yeah like that is what country music is but you don't i mean sometimes not like, all of it i mean i grew up on it and yeah. like i like it but then when you really break the down the lyrics it's like yeah what it's like hell? what am i listening to like yeah. why are they singing about this and why is this okay yeah and why am i singing along right why do i like the song <laughs> why do i like this but i had never looked at country music that way until i dated her yeah and she called me out on it and then she got me into Haley and and Kehlani and like that's how i learned of them yeah and it was like life-changing for me i was like holy shit not only like is there like queer music out there because these these were women singing about women women yeah but they are out there like living their best life 
like proudly right and i was like that can be me yeah so that was like life-changing for me for sure um yeah there's tons of queer artists out there that we haven't named obviously i think we've named three in total and we're not going to go on forever but actually speaking about country music oh yeah yeah um there is one person and i met her back in i think 2016 i loved her and totally thought she was straight um, I, and I wish I had the picture of her because I remember like after the whole concert, like my mom and I went up to her booth and like we got a picture with her and I should find this somewhere because it's back in the archives somewhere. But um, her name is Brooke Eden and I, she is a country artist, okay? Which you don't see this. You don't see queer people in country music. You don't. Um, you, you really You hardly don't. ever hear queer country songs. Um, obviously there are some queer, or not queer, obviously there are some country artists who do stand up for the community, but a lot of the times you don't hear country queer songs. Anyways, but Brooke Eden has a wife, and that's huge, and she has a few songs that are about, you know, being married to a woman. I think I said this earlier on another episode on the podcast that was about how she was releasing a song well that song's out and i have yet to listen to it but it's called outlaw love um i need to listen to it because it came out the other day and i'm i need to hear it it came out june 9th i'm a little late to the party here but it's fine it's all right it's only like june 12th um yeah that's so important so important to have those songs that we can relate to right um and yeah we don't read a lot I wish I had more time to read because I actually love reading. We've both read. Have you read? No. Maybe it's just me. Okay, I read. We have the book, but I haven't Seven Husbands. Read it. Yeah. Of what is it? Something Hugo. <laughs> Good God, I don't even remember the title. Evelyn of it. Hugo. Yes. Yeah. Seven Husbands. Hugo. Of Evelyn Hugo. Um, we. I. I've read that. That was a really, really good one. Um, but I honestly think that's the only queer book. I've read. We have another one that's on the bookshelf because I bought it a couple months, not a couple months ago. Oh, God, this was probably like six months ago. Um, it's a, it's like a queer thriller, mm. and I can't think of it. Like The Girl in the Fire or something like that. Oh, my God. I should See, this is why I should have done research before the see, podcast. research is good. Um, Don't make fun of me. Um, while she's looking, whatever she's looking up... I will say Kate Austin, who's a queer influencer, um, has a Instagram story of all of the queer books that she's read and ratings for them. So go check that out if you're interested in more queer books, because that's where I find all of my ideas. Okay, so finally I um, I found the book we have, and I have yet to read it, so I don't know how I feel about it, but it's called She's Too Pretty to Burn, and it's by Wendy Hurd. Oh, yeah, we have that. Um, it basically just says that it's about two girls. It's supposedly a summer thriller. I feel like Kate's read that one and rated it. Probably really low. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. But, yes, I do need... I wish I had more time to, like, read queer books. Because I know there's, like, another one, like, Red, once we get through the something. Once we get through the wedding, we'll make it a goal to read more. Yeah. <laughs> maybe on the honeymoon we'll read a couple books. Honestly, I probably will. Maybe not. I don't know. I we are on a beach thing. Like, well, yeah. We're on a beach and I like to read on the beach. Yeah. So, we'll do that. We never touched on movies. Um, 
Wait, I missed a fun fact. What did you miss? This is a fun one. Like a real fun fact. Okay. The first lesbian marriage on TV. Okay, the first episode of any show on TV portraying a lesbian marriage, like the actual wedding, was on Friends in 1996. When was the Grey's Anatomy wedding portrayed between Arizona and Kelly? I don't remember. I don't remember. But this was 1996, the year I was born. So if that's not telling as to why I'm a lesbian, I don't know what is. It must have... You, your mom but must have been watching that as she was giving birth. Probably. Carolyn Susan yeah. made me a lesbian. Probably. <laughs> and I was reading about this a little bit. Um, but obviously, 1996, not really the coolest thing to be a lesbian. They didn't really like you much. And if you're portraying it in your TV show, you're going to get a lot of backlash. Well, it was illegal, technically, in yeah. some states yeah. still. And you're going to get a lot of backlash. So the one who played Carol, I can't remember her name in real life, was talking about how there were affiliates that refused to play the scene, where the wedding scene, yeah. in the episode, and would just completely block it out. So, like, the episode is literally called, like... The one with the lesbian wedding or I something. I think we need to watch this. Because I don't remember it. it. No. Oh okay. Well, I guess we're going to watch Friends, too. <laughs> Jeez. So Add that to things. the list. But the the TV... Google it. What was the name of the episode? It was, like, literally the one... Lesbian... The one with the lesbian wedding, wedding or something. Friends, Friends episode. The one with the lesbian wedding. Yeah. The one with the lesbian... It was literally called the one with the lesbian wedding. Season 2, episode 11. And then... They block out the actual lesbian wedding, even though it was the title of the episode. It like, was that is so fucking it funny. It aired to me. January eighteenth, so you weren't born yet. So my mom watched it. Your mom probably. <laughs> she still could. It aired before I was born, so she it, could have been watching it while she was, she was watching while you were in the womb. Yeah, and you just heard I don't it. Know if my mom even watched Friends, but I sure hope she did because I love that if she did. Um, okay, I think I need to see this though because. Yeah, so that this was is adorable. That was the first lesbian marriage to occur on TV. And it was the reason I was born a lesbian because obviously <laughs> that's how it works. Yes, it's um, definitely how it works. Yeah. Is that where we end? Well, we never talked about movies. Oh, I didn't even write a movie um, down. I, d- I only wrote one down because, well, actually I wrote two, but I haven't seen one and I know if I say it, I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. So we're just going to start with it. Um, Carol. I think it's got Kate Blanchett in it. I don't think I've seen We've that. never seen it. Yeah. I bet you Kristen, our German friend, is listening to this and screaming at us. Yeah, because I think that you mentioned this one before. Yeah, probably. Um, but, uh, okay, again, we, obviously, there are so many movies out there. Not we enough. don't watch movies enough. And when we do, it's a horror film, because that's all Tisha ever wants to watch. I was going to ask you if you actually wanted to go see one this weekend. Oh, God. The answer um, is no. I'm too scared. I always force her to go watch them. Maybe one day there will be a queer horror film, which actually they're... The Haunting of Bly Manor. Well, that was a TV, a TV show. show. But, like, it could be... Um, but anyways, okay, so we're going to... We got to wrap this up, because I realize we're going way over time, but obviously... I said I was. I love queer people. I could talk about it all day. Um, but one of our movies we did watch recently, which I thought was really cute, and it's perfect for you know the holidays, is the June. In June, (laughs) is the happiest season. Um, it stars Kristen Stewart, who 
many of you probably know from Twilight, but it's also part of the community. So she play, she played a lesbian yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And she's, I don't I, know if she's a lesbian. I don't know what her sexuality is, but she's a part of the community in real life. Yeah. And I've heard like some backlash to the way that the story was portrayed with that one. Cause I think it was, there was like a lot of drama and arguing and I don't know, some people were unhappy with the way the story played out. Um, but I do like that it's a Christmas movie portraying. Well, LGBTQ yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you see a lot of like damn Hallmark movies with oh yeah the same damn story. And uh, what's the one I always get her name wrong? Candace Cameron Bure. Candace Cameron. Ugh. What do I call her? Cameron. I always just call her Cameron. That's the only thing that comes. To yeah. Mind. Ugh. We saw her in person one time, and it just. Scared Which me. she is not a queer person. She's probably the most hateful person towards the community. If you didn't know, like openly hateful. Yeah. Yeah, I used and to I love hate, her, too. I hate that. Because I used to love her same. in Full House. And Literally then I learned same. that, and I was just like, come on. But we all know that... What that? DJ? Yeah. DJ, right? No, who the... F- that's who she played. That's who she played. Wait, oh, you're talking about Steph. Yeah, yeah Steph. Sorry, we all talking. know that Steph is the better sister. Jodie Sweden. God, that woman is great for the LGBTQ community. I love her. Same. She's so. out there fighting for freaking human rights on the Hell damn streets. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, She's like an angel. We need more people like Jody freaking Sweden to our community from above. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a little bit of what we like of queer representation. Again, there is so much out there. I have so much to watch. We'll and so probably much to read. have another episode down the line where we talk about more queer representation. You know, once we read books, <laughs> we can give you. Once we read books and educate we can, ourselves, we can with give words. you our opinions and stuff on what we think, and maybe we'll have new TV shows because hopefully more will come out, and hopefully more. Hopefully, movies. those numbers in the Glad studies will, will increase, increase for twenty three, twenty four. Because that is. Do what, you hear me, directors? That's what we need. Um, although, aren't the writers, like, all on strike still? I don't know, because that's also a really shitty situation. Yeah. I haven't read an update on that I'm not while. sure. Um, so, yeah, celebrate Pride Month by watching queer shows and movies. We just gave you a whole list. I would start with a League of Their Own, but, you know, I'm just a little bit biased. Just a little opinionate. We had not... We, we have not worked on our outro. Um, we've had some ideas... Um, that were sent to us. I just don't know. I I literally don't know. It's always the same thing. Can we say? Sham. Wow. Um. Out. Pow. Um. <laughs> you can cut that. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Blondes Out Loud. Episodes are released every Wednesday on Apple and Spotify. Okay. This is where we insert the new outro. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Stay out and proud. And queer. And queer. And cheer. And watch a league of their own.